706, thanks for joining us on the Thursday morning of this morning with Jaylin and Daryl. We know that a lot of folks use social media for all sorts of different reasons uh, anymore, and, and it's oftentimes a go-to when we were looking for immediate uh, news to uh, things that are happening, and, and we're finding, you know, especially, well, you know, anytime, but now specifically when it comes to the wildfires, that it's uh, once again, uh, in some cases, proving to be a challenge. Um, recently, the mayor of Yellowhead uh, County coming out saying, hey, you know what? Uh, the spread of mis- misinformation as a re- result in part of social media has been really taxing on those trying to, mm-hmm. to help out. Uh, they've been using Facebook. They've been using Twitter to try and get information out. But Wade Williams, the uh, the mayor of Yellowhead County, saying the amount of rumors out there is ridiculous. We just want people to get their information from proper channels. Urging people, don't listen to rumors, don't go spreading them, and spreading them, and spreading them. Get the information from local government, their websites, and official mm-hmm. social media. And it ends up being this double-edged sword. So you yeah. go there for the official information, but then uh, Joe or Jane down the road throws in a while, I wonder if they're doing this. Then suddenly that goes into, yeah, they probably are. Suddenly turns into, they are. And that has even included rumors that it's uh, uh, most of these fires are being intentionally sparked as a political action. That That is something that is out there right now. Consistently and regularly. And so you you know where that comes from. It's like, oh, I'll bet you they, you know, that's something they would probably do. And then suddenly it becomes they are doing it and now people are up in arms, which it's, it's just trying to wrap your head around how we get from point A to point B. Uh, that's a big part of what Tim Caulfield has been trying to do. This is all the way through through COVID, through some of the misinformation that has come out, the considerable lack of trust that a lot of people have in institutions anymore. Timothy Caulfield is joining us. Uh, uh, you've got a long list of, of titles. I'm not sure how to describe you anymore, Tim. Uh, <laughs> you can go faculty of law. How do you describe yourself in these conversations these days? Uh Misinformation guy? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, because that would indicate you're, you're providing it oh, now. Yeah. yeah, some people do do that, though. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're, you're the mis- me. misinformation buster. How about that? Okay. okay. Yeah, I, I, and I think you described what's going on here so perfectly. Um, you it, it, Historically, if, if there is an event, um, you almost always see you know, uh, misinformation and conspiracy theories follow. And, and this is increasing. So think of when the, the Queen died, we had all these bizarre QAnon conspiracy theories. Uh, whenever uh, a new infectious disease emerges, we have a whole host of conspiracy theories. And yeah, now we have these wildfires, and you're seeing, um, you're seeing conspiracy theories uh, emerge. And Daryl, I think you're right. It, it is a little bit of a double-edged sword, because you know, on the one hand, the great thing about social media is you get your information quickly. It's there. But then when you're on social media, you see all these other, uh, all, all this other nonsense, and sometimes it's just in the replies, and I've been seeing that on social media so, myself, and, and then these replies, these spec, this, this speculation, it takes off and it, and it morphs into reality. So, Tim, why does it happen then? Is it the, uh, the distrust, the growing distrust in um, so-called official organizations? What is it? Well, you know, I think that's a big that's a big part of it, and, and there's a lot of research that has shown that a study that came out just last week, I think, uh, really demonstrated the erosion of public trust in, in, in a variety of institutions and in what the researchers called leaders. And for example, trust in, in government, which is kind of the trust we're talking about here, no surprise to your listeners at all, it's deteriorated significantly mm-hmm. since the 80s. 
Um, and and really a lot over the past three three years. It's dropped ten percent in the last three years, and you know it was low to begin with. Let's be honest, right? <laughs> so it's gone from low to lower, right? But even even trust in in, in scientists and um, and uh, politicians obviously has deteriorated, and jo- journalists has deteriorated. So you have this sort of general erosion in trust. But there's a really important cycle I think we need to highlight. Often, those spreading misinformation, those who are doing it with intention, we'll call it disinformation, the goal there is to create distrust in institutions, right? That's the goal. And then when you create that distrust, it makes room for more misinformation. I, I would think that there's always been some distrust. I mean, you can go back into the 60s and 70s, uh, the, the old line, mm-hmm. hi, we're from the government, we're here to help. Yeah. And then people would laugh and go, oh yeah, you've been messing us up. So, But the difference now is is the number of voices that can be thrown out there and eventually some of them grab hold. Uh, so is social media, is that, because, is that the, uh, the, the root of all evils at this point? Yeah, you know, it, it is. <laughs> That's a very sophisticated answer, right? Uh, but, but there is now this very large body of evidence that tells us that, yeah, social media really has been, been the game changer, and not just in the spreading of it, right? You know, everyone probably intuitively recognizes that the information is so easy for everyone to spread uh, information now. But the other thing is the algorithms, you know, the incentives built in uh, to social media you know, fuel the spread of misinformation because veracity isn't what you get your rewards for, you know, likes, shares, follows. It's, it's something exciting, right? So it, studies have consistently shown that's one of the reasons that lies spread faster than the truth. And the other thing that social media does is uh, an echo chamber machine, right? It creates these echo chambers. It creates the, these communities. Uh, and and then it, those communities have their own truth, and we've seen this happen again and again and again. So it's all you know. That's also a reminder to try to get out of your echo chamber. Tim, I'm curious. You know, in um, in uh, an emergency situation when something like this happens, trying to get that information and digest it and 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 comprehend it, it's like you know drinking water through a fire hose. I wonder how much being exhausted and trying to filter it all out and trying to get to the real nuggets plays a role in it. Like you just get so fed up. Sometimes maybe it's easier to believe because you don't have the time or the bandwidth to 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 filter everything out. Yeah, you're 100% correct, Jalen. <laughs> There's research to back you back you up. And even in the context of COVID, so there was an interesting study that came out not that long ago about COVID fatigue, and we're all sick of COVID. I'm sick of COVID. You guys are sick of COVID, right? And that that fatigue makes you more susceptible to misinformation, which totally makes sense, right? Because, you know, you're not frosty anymore. Your vigilance is down, right? Yeah. And you're more likely just to respond to those cognitive biases, the negativity bias, uh, the availability bias. If you're going to remember it, it's more likely to, to be believed. You know, all of those things that, that – those traps that we can fall into, you're more likely to believe them. So it is a reminder to, you know, to stay vigilant uh, and to make sure you go to those, those good sources and, and make sure you have your critical thinking cap on. Uh, Tim, can you stick around through a commercial break and come back and chat with us uh, some more here in a moment? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I just want you to, to ponder this for a second, because we have had people on the air uh, this week regarding specifically the wildfires, saying that they did not uh, obey the evacuation orders because they didn't trust 
the, the, the resources that are available to protect their farms. And you know what? They were right. So there are, there are instances where people go, I don't believe you, and then they end up being right. Now, I'm not saying that's all the time. It's some of the time. That is part, I think, of what helps to fuel the credibility of the misinformation that comes down the road. If you could stew on that one for a second, I'd love to hear your answer when we come back from this uh, commercial break, okay? The ice is coming, the sun's zooming in, engines stop running, the wheat is going to a nuclear era, but I have no fear, cause London is drowning out. Chatting this morning with Tim Caulfield, we've decided with uh, with all the the varying titles that he has, as uh, been in the Faculty of Law, professor, University of Alberta, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that that uh, the misinformation buster is going to be uh, <laughs> uh, his new title. Tim's uh, joining us just before the break. Tim, thanks again so much for sticking through this. I just put to you though the possibility that in some cases some of the individuals are right, but that's sort of what fuels and gives some credibility uh, to, to the garbage that can come along. Uh, once again, Daryl, 100% correct. <laughs> and we see this happen all the time. We see this happen all the time. Um, there was a really interesting analysis that came out of, out of uh, Europe not that long ago where they tried to get a sense of what kind of misinformation spreads the most. You know, what's the phenotype of, of misinformation that's really sticky? And what they found was um, it's scary, and we're, you know, these are scary stories, right? It's scary, it's a story. Uh, and often there's a little bit of truth to it. And, and think how often that plays out. We saw that again with mm-hmm. COVID. I know people are sick of COVID. Look, the big pharma, they've been bad actors right, in the past, right? So you add that element to uh, misinformation, and it sort of gives a blanket of truth to everything that, that is being said. And then for other people, it seems more believable, right? It seems more believable. So I totally, totally get it. And by the way, these are biases that impact all of us. It impacts you guys. It impacts me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, before we leave, I love coming in on London Calling, my all-time <laughs> favorite song. Number one. Number one. Well, we're reading your mind there this morning, Tim. So it was interesting. Earlier you were talking about, um, you know, the goal of many misinformation mongers is to create distrust in institutions, which makes room for more misinformation. This cycle that keeps on going um your work what you do is in part trying to break that cycle but I, i'm sorry i snorted um you know because i'm laughing i'm rolling my guy like is that even possible to try and break that cycle even having this conversation that's a part of trying to break it but are we just um you know facing a never-ending battle it is a, it is a real challenge you know i'm always an optimist about this stuff because we have more and more research about how we can respond but the, you know two things that i i i that make me worried that it's going to be difficult to change this is the degree to which this has become about you know personal ideology, personal perspectives, right? Mm-hmm. And once that happens, it, it is more challenging to change people's minds, right? Because it becomes their worldview and they're yeah. and, and they're part of that community. And we're seeing that happen more and more with with misinformation. I was always there, I was always lurking in the background, but now you know that part of misinformation is sort of at the fore now. Uh, the other other reason I think it's getting more challenging is is the spreading of misinformation is becoming more sophisticated. And, of course, I'm thinking about things like AI, mm-hmm. right? So people can now, you know, develop this, you know, have that journey from speculation to truth, and then they can get online and find really um, effective misinformation out there that, that looks real. Yeah. And 
um, that's going to make it more challenging. But there are studies have shown that we can make a difference, you know, use voices within people's communities to tell them, you know, where they should get their information, make the information clear. And, yeah, we need to be transparent and we need to listen to people's concerns and make sure we have uh, appropriate answers. Uh, yeah, sometimes it's, it's trouble figuring out what the uh, what the the real concerns are and what the appropriate ones are. The, the biggest concern to me is when sometimes uh, that mistrust and and that it doesn't even have to be a specific piece of misinformation about a specific situation. It's the mistrust that has been built up to it uh, to the point where you even have some people who are going, uh, you know. The, there's nothing wrong in Drayton Valley. There's no threat to it. They're just keeping us out because they want to. And then people are actually willing to take action to try and, and threaten to run barricades to get into the community. Uh, so it, it, it seems like that trust has been built up to the point where an individual element of misinformation isn't even important anymore. It's the attitude that, that gets us there. Uh, you're right, and and you know I've seen some videos highlighting exactly what you're talking about about Daryl, right? You know, and it, what what's happening there? And again, there's research to back this up. Is uh, the in-group signaling, the, the distrust that becomes the core that is important to these to these individuals, not the veracity of of the information. Um, because it's about about the distrust, it's about the ideology, and I get it for the reasons that you highlighted earlier. You know, they may have historical reasons for feeling this way, mm-hmm. um, and it, I, I think social media then gives them information. It fuels those perspectives and makes it much more difficult to break break the chain, so to speak. Um, and we're seeing this happen again and again. And this is one of the reasons I'm worried. I'm getting a little bit more pessimistic about the fight against misinformation mm-hmm. because our information environment is now built. It's now built, right? The incentives are baked into it, yeah. built to sort of support these views. And Tim, I have about 90 seconds left, but I always think it's important to, um, you know, offer some tips, offer some advice uh, at an end of a, of a conversation like that. Um, talking to friends and, and family about misinformation can be a real challenge. What do you tell us uh, what to do? how to do it um, for sure you know try to point people in the direction of credible information um, try to be empathetic you know listen you know it can be difficult especially when they're heated topics mm-hmm. try to be empathetic really listen to what their concerns their concerns are and, and also know when to walk away mm-hmm. you know when that temperature starts to rise maybe that's not the best metaphor yeah. to use right now but you no, know no one does <laughs> yeah and no one to no one to walk away right and um, and the other thing I think is is worth remembering is is you know for our, everyone can do this you know take that beat you know always have an, an accuracy kind of uh, gnome hovering on your shoulder and <laughs> and and remind yourself to do a little bit of critical thinking you know is this is this credible is this real Timothy Caulfield always enjoy our conversations thank you for joining us this morning for an important conversation thank you. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah, you betcha. Tim Caulfield, you can follow him on Twitter. Puts a lot of great information, uh, important information out there, at Caulfield 